3: I'm your host, Sean Eubanks with Strainwise Consulting, and on our show today, we have Chanel Lindsay of Ardent, a Boston-based biotech and medical cannabis device company. As founder and president of Ardent, Chanel combines her entrepreneurial interest with her experience as a practicing attorney to effect change in the cannabis industry. She was an author of the ballot initiative that became Massachusetts Question 4, which passed in November of 2016 by a significant margin. And made cannabis legal for adults over the age of 21. She remains involved in development of marijuana laws and new businesses in Massachusetts as well as across the country as a frequent speaker and expert consultant for other emerging businesses in the cannabis and biotech space. Chanel created Ardent as a solution for patients after experiencing the inconsistencies, inconvenience, and dangers of traditional decarboxylation methods in the treatment of a painful medical condition. Working with MCR Laboratories, she performed groundbreaking research into the science of decarboxylation, and with that knowledge, invented the NOVA Precision Decarboxylator, a laboratory-grade tool to give medical cannabis patients full control over their dosing. Today, the NOVA can be found in homes all over the world, from Boston to Brisbane. She is highly regarded in Massachusetts as an activist, educator, attorney, and business owner. She graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and Northeastern University School of Law, as well as served as judicial clerk for the Massachusetts Superior Court. In July of this year, Chanel was given the distinct honor of being appointed to the Massachusetts Cannabis Advisory Board. Chanel, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Sean. Thank you guys so much for having me. Pleasure to be here.
3: Absolutely. Well, I was so impressed with you when I met you. I think first time was in Pittsburgh, then I saw you in New York City again, heard you speak I know your Nova decarboxylator is doing really well selling. It's a, it's, a, it's a phenomenal product that I think is perfectly timed with the market. But let's start with you, Chanel, and, and, and what brought you to this industry and cannabis consumption in general.
1: Absolutely. So for me, cannabis um, really touches on a couple of r- important issues in my life. And one of them is um, uh, my medical condition, right? Staying healthy. And so I had always used cannabis as an alternative to alcohol. Alcohol was never my preference, um, even, you know, when I was in college. But after my son was born, um, he's 16 years old now and actually just started 11th grade two days ago, and uh, I got an ovarian cyst. And at that point, um, I was prescribed really, really high doses of painkillers, including acetaminophen. And I was really concerned at that point in my early 20s um, that what kind of long-term damage I would be doing to my body, to my liver. And I, at that point, looked to cannabis as an alternative because I knew that people were using it out on the West Coast, specifically out in California at that point, um, to treat all kinds of illnesses. And so for me, being able to turn to something at that point was really a mystery. Um, I think people are kind of surprised at the difference between kind of using cannabis um, and smoking it and the difference between kind of trying to really dial in and, and activate and use those cannabinoids that will help with your particular condition, that it really is a, um, a process. And so that going through that process, being able to take control of my health, being able to turn that into 16 plus years without having a having to have the surgery to remove my cysts and being able to manage the pain and inflammation that occurs with it in a natural way, um, you know, that's been so important to me. And, and the other piece is really kind of the equity and freedom piece. And um, I saw this more and more as I started getting involved, you know, with my business and as things started to move forward in Massachusetts, you know, Having the opportunity to get involved um, with legislation and with policy, and really see a change to you know people being healthier, um, people not being prosecuted um, and sent and incarcerated, um, can be very useful and helpful. And also all of the kind of um, you know social justice issues that go along with that, with prohibition and the way that we as a country have treated um, cannabis all these years. And so in the very beginning,
3: you're, you were smoking only, correct?
1: Yep, that's right. So I was smoking, um, you know, as as college students and young adults do, you know, um, that was something I used to relax. It was something I used to focus. So, you know, this is the time where, you know, I went to University of Pennsylvania for undergrad, and then I was in Northeastern Law School. So yes, using consuming cannabis, you know, vaporizing and smoking cannabis, that was definitely something that um, I used as, again, I think there, there definitely was a medicinal use at that time, using it to kind of relax and calm down and focus, but it certainly wasn't something, you know, kind of had a focused medical condition and use for like when I got the ovarian.
3: And so was there a tip when you knew cannabis is working, I might not need this surgery, or were you always worried and try to, and sort of engaging in the inexact science of, of trying to treat yourself?
1: Well, I, at first I, I did accept the, you know, acetaminophen and the painkillers at first. Um, and, but quickly I kind of rejected that because number one, I was concerned about the liver, but also it was really, you know, causing problems with my digestion and my stomach, um, really causing a lot of, you know, kind of stomach problems. And so at that point I said, okay, let me learn how to make a butter. That's really how I started out making cannabis butter. And as soon as I started making the butter, I was very um, impressed by the ability of being able to use that butter and then the coconut oil to um, not only ingest as an edible which would help, but also to use as a topical. And then eventually, you know, when I got more advanced to be able to, you know, use suppositories and other things like that, which are incredibly helpful. And I really think that's kind of like the next frontier of, you know, honing in and using cannabis um, as medicine, um, you know, especially for women and, and especially for the elderly. And so, yes, I found the relief, but what was very frustrating was the fact that um, I had to kind of clear clear the entire house before I would go and products. And I remember being distinctly worried about my neighbors next door, even though we had, you know, we were on an acre of land, there was, and the neighbors weren't right next to us. If I was preparing and decarboning in my oven, you would be able to smell it out in the the yard. So that was a concern. The other piece was there really was no, um, at this point, I was actually preparing to go to law school, right? And so this is on, you know, looking and finding the evidence and, you know, having a logical, you know, sequence, you know, having some data, right? And what I found when I was starting to look into, okay, how to use cannabis as there were a lot of opinions, right? The op- the internet's full of opinions, but there weren't, when you kind of tried to dig down, there were one or two um, testing results, but they were back from the 70s. They also weren't very clear on kind of what the parameters were that were used for the testing. And I really felt like, you know, what I saw was a lot of conjecture and not a lot of actual hard data. And so that was frustrating to see really wildly different suggestions on how to do something right and that still exists right now if you go on the internet and you look up decarboxylation one person's going to tell you to do it at 300 degrees for 15 minutes somebody else is going to tell you to do it on the crock pot for 12 hours I mean one of, something has to be wrong there and so really what I did was I kind of looked at the data came to what I thought was best at the time and had this process which was you know pretty smelly. Um, it took a while. And at the end of the day, um, I was frustrated by the fact that I was eating a lot of butter and oil. And as somebody, again, in my early 20s, trying to think and, and be healthy and maintain a good weight, um, having to consume all of that oil was really frustrating to me. I actually felt like I was eating like three extra meals a day if I was eating three segments of butter every day to, to medicate. Um, And so those were the kind of, I I found, I found great relief, but there were myriad challenges when it came to um, this being an easy process. And I also, you know, pretty, early on realized that unless somebody had a love for cannabis, which I did before I decided to use it as medicine, they probably wouldn't go through all of this trouble to try to see if it would work for them. And I was frustrated about that too, because again, once it started really working for me, of course, I wanted to tell other people about it, not only for things like, um, you know, the variant cyst, but as I became an attorney, one thing you realize is that attorneys use a lot of substances. A lot of alcohol, uh, a lot of attorneys um, use uh, benzos, um, you know, v- Valium or um, or Xanax or, you know, other things like that. And I absolutely saw that there are very damaging effects to kind of some of those medicines or use of those and that cannabis could be used instead. Um, but it becomes difficult to kind of, you know, um, be a profit for cannabis when it's difficult for people to actually access it.
3: Okay and so forgive my ignorance on the subject but the ovarian cyst is painful correct you're you're treating pain originally
1: Yeah so what it is it's a it's a little It's a little cyst that sits on your ovary, and what it does is it causes pain, and then it also causes inflammation. So sometimes it will hurt, obviously, if if I'm ovulating, then it will be um, disturbed, but also in just the natural digestion, you know, as you're digesting, there may be something that moves by the ovary and kind of brushes against the cyst and causes some pain and inflammation, and then also, also, um, you know, with the menstrual cycle, there's also inflammation inflammation that naturally happens that also exacerbates that pain. So, you know, intermittent pain, certain predictable pain, and then also pain, um, you know, that happens kind of on a daily basis, um, depending on, you know, what you ate or, you know, kind of what activities you're participating in.
3: Well, and I applaud your effort there because you you didn't quit, right? because you when you're when you're new in and, and you're dealing with um, you're you're talking to doctors, you're dealing with western medicine, you you've taught all your life to trust them there there's tremendous value in Western medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're trying to bridge that gap between uh, smoking and then you transition to butter. Were you using the same strain, smoking the same strain, then trying to use it in general, or were you just using any type of cannabis that you could get your hands on, convert it to butter and see if it worked?
1: Oh, yeah. So, so that was, you know, at the time when there really wasn't as nowhere near as much choice as there is now um, there. So, so, yeah, I would was using for quite a bit of time, whatever I could, um, whatever I could kind of get my hands on, like you mentioned, there was a point where I decided, um, you know, I need to hone in on the strains that are really working for me. Um, and there was a point that I decided to begin, you know, growing my own. You know, for my own personal medical use, and that was a time you know where I was starting to be worried about pesticides, and I was starting to be worried about um, you know how has this product been processed? Um, Because you know that that's the benefit of legalization, right? Standards, um, testing, that kind of thing. And thankfully, we're at that point now where we're moving towards a safer um, environment for people. But I I wasn't feeling comfortable about that then, and so there was a point where um, you know I. started focusing in and and cultivating the type of plant medicine that I wanted and needed.
3: All right. We need to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be rejoined by Chanel Lindsay, who is uh, the CEO of Arden, a Boston-based biotech and medical uh, cannabis device company. Check out the website, ardentcannabis.com. We're going to talk about the Nova Decarbox later when we come back. Rolling into some sponsors,
2: but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business.
4: The Boober way.
2: I hope you didn't forget about us because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks of wise Consulting. We have been talking to Chanel Lindsay of Ardent, a Boston based biotech and medical cannabis device company. Welcome back, Chanel.
1: Hey,
3: Sean. Hey, so wonderful story. Thank you so much for sharing that in the very beginning. Why you do what you do, why you're in this industry, I believe is is some of the most powerful information you can share with somebody. And I've heard you speak a couple of times and really enjoyed that. I'm glad we kind of painted a picture for the audience. Now let's get into your Nova decarboxylator, why you invented that. It is a wonderful product. I Just full disclosure, we did a webinar last month and had hundreds of people on that webinar. Tremendous response. People love the product, but um, just really quickly, decarboxylation, for simple purposes, to decarb is when you heat up the cannabis. It's just like when you smoke a joint. It's simply done in a different manner um, in a controlled setting in your home.
1: That's right. So whether people have heard of decarboxylation or not, it's part of every single cannabis administration. That's why people are smoking. It's why they're putting it in the oven. But long story short, if people are using oven, the kitchen methods, The temperature needed for perfect decarb, which is getting everything, all the conversion without losing anything, it can't happen with kitchen appliances. It really needs a lab-grade device, and that's what I developed. And again, like we were talking before, it came from basically that decade of doing it in the kitchen and then following that up with a bunch of lab testing to see, even though I was an expert at that point, I was losing 30 40% every time. And that's a lot of available medicine. So we wanted to make something incredibly easy for people, um, even if they've never used cannabis before, to be able to then go and make any product in their home.
3: And so right now, before people get a hold of the NOVA, they're trying a couple of things. Home-based methods. They're trying a crock pot where the water boils at a steady temperature. They use an oven. Um, you know, those kind of things, you know, 30 to 60 minutes, really, really arbitrary information. Like you said, in the very beginning, a lot of information on the web that can be more confusing than helpful in some cases. Um, but compare what the Nova does with those other methods that people are just trying to, and what you originally tried to in your home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for me, the go-to was the crock pot. Also like sous vide, right? The immersion in the water. And that's better than an oven because at least the temperature is more constant. The problem is is the temperature is too low. Water boils at 212, never gets higher than that. And in fact, in higher altitudes, it boils at an even lower temperature. And frankly, like I mentioned, decarb, it's a lab, it's a you know, chemical reaction. And it is incredibly sensitive. And at that temperature, you're never going to get more than about 75, 80% decarb without starting to destroy some THC. So at the end of the day, it's not a solution that's going to get you the most out of your material. Um, And then an oven, same thing. Even if you can hold, hone in on that good, right time and temp, which is right around 218, 220 is where our our device peaks, Um, that you, even if you can get right there at the 218, you are not going to be able to sustain that with such precision is required because an oven goes in, you know, five, 10 degrees in either direction. And then on top of that, every time you're opening and closing it, you're impacting that. So even when you open that oven the first time, you're gonna have some some different um, temperatures there. And so we need that even heating, we need that precision in heating. And that's why we developed this device that uses an encapsulated heating core and two precision sensors to create not only the right temperature, but these like perfect zones of heating. So all of that bud is getting permeated and you don't even actually have to grind it up before you put it in there because we, we're, you know, creating for that even heating. Well,
3: and it's an incredibly discreet looking device. You could be sitting on your countertop, literally, and and none of your neighbors would know or anybody if that's the case. So I think that's impressive. Um, The other thing is it holds up to an ounce of marijuana. And when I started running the numbers on this, as far as Full active activation and no degradation or loss, you start to save a lot of money. You pay for it very quickly. But talk to people who are just listening for the first time, who don't aren't even aware of degradation and the difference between using the Nova and doing what they're doing at home, and 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 the the conversion of turning flour, converting it into um, something that they can now consume.
1: Absolutely. Here's a good example. I had this young lady who makes cannabis um, uh, medicine for patients, and she was using about 14 grams to treat um, eight patients. And we talked about what her method was because it's not necessarily hard to convert THCA, which is the in the raw plant, to THC. It's hard to do that without destroying THC. So we talked, we honed in on her method. Um, we had her just use the decarboxylator and then directly infuse. And now instead of using 14 grams for eight people, she's using 3.5 grams for 16 people. And that's just an example of you know, the needing to really be aware of this conversion process um, and the fact that you can get double or more um, depending on how precise your process is to begin. So it, it, it might be impressive to say, hey, I've made, you know, some cannabis brownies and here's 10 and I've been able to treat this amount of people. But what if I told you it could be, you know, you could have made 20 brownies at that same strength. and And that's what it comes down to, you know, with the device. And it's funny because we actually just started, um, we got a system up for reviews, and we just sent out um, a bunch of reviews just to the last people in the last couple of months. And I was really astounded by the reviews that we were getting back and the reports of how much less people were using. Um, and the example that I gave was the most extreme, which is, you know, um, um, less than 25% of what you were using before, but our average person is using um, half the amount that they did when they were using their other methods. And so, yes, if you're talking about, you know, an ounce, it's Uh, it's quickly paying for itself within a couple of uses. And I also wanna point out that um, using concentrates Keef, um, that's becoming very, very popular um, amongst our patients um, and amongst our customers um, because it's really simple and you can get really, um, you know, high levels of THC, which many patients are looking for, um, using Keef and not having to then go and process into an RSO or do some of wow. these other processes. So I think people should understand the difference between like decarboxylation and infusion and the fact that you can, there are many more easy ways to infuse after you decarb, um, it could be a lot simpler uh, than people are kind of approaching it now. Well,
3: when you have some great product reviews on the website, I mean, one of the things Bruce says, Bruce R here says, takes the guesswork out of making medicine. Something I hadn't thought about, but he says, no smell until you open it. So now you have an environment where people can microdose, which is the future of the industry anyway. Um, but you have, in a discreet manner, that you can you can actually get this get get
1: marijuana ready to consume. Well, absolutely. And like when I was thinking about this, like I said, I was thinking about my aunt and my grandmother, right? They never had experience with cannabis, but wouldn't they be able to benefit from it? My aunt has MS and my grandmother has diabetes. And I know that patients and people like them would never be able to access um, products. like this or have the ability to try to do it at home if it weren't very simple foolproof and again didn't disturb their other family members or their neighbors you know by having a smell well, yeah, and, and it, it also
3: cuts time in half, right? Here's another review from the site. It says, I purchased a Nova unit from Arden about a year ago and been extremely satisfied from day one. This unit does in a little over an hour what has been taking me several hours with inconsistent results previously. It says, I plug it in, I fill the retort with your product, and push the button. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, simplicity was definitely key, and I love to say it's like um, – you know, simple on the outside and complex on the inside because we made it foolproof. But what it's doing is using, like I said, these multiple sensors and this really, you know, these elite electronics and heating core to really treat the material as it should be, you know, as a, you know, valuable commodity with medicine in there um, that people can then do. And one thing I'm really excited about is taking it to that next step. So the next thing that we have planned are our consumables that we're launching. So we get a lot of questions. Okay, after you decarboxylate, then what? Right? We have a lot of people that then go and take and do an infusion afterwards, but you actually don't have to go and try to extract. You can actually use that little bit of cannabis plant material, mix it right with an oil or butter, and then just ingest it because it is very little plant material that you're using because you're honing in and you're decarbing so precisely. And so, what, one thing that is really interesting to me is how many, and it's usually I've noticed women, um, and I'm actually really proud of how many of our customers are women and how many of our reviewers are women, because I really do see this as such a benefit on that side um, for uh, for lots of different um, things that women, um, I I just see that as the future of cannabis. Um, But uh, being able to go and take the medicine and then place it right into a capsule that already has the excipients that would help it absorb in your bloodstream and has other things like B12 vitamins or caffeine or other um Uh, terpenes, that's our next uh, line of consumables that we're launching this fall. And so we have about 15 different formulations that really are, you know, a capsule that is filled with a gel on one side with all the excipients, and then you just open it and put the activated cannabis on the other side. So immediately you have an instant alternative to an Ambien or a Valium or whatever other pharmaceutical, and really the goal there is to incorporate cannabis into a larger health health and wellness um, regimen. So people aren't feeling like they're taking cannabis in addition to, you know, their other um, medicines, but really as part of an overall um, healthy lifestyle.
3: We need to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be rejoined by Chanel Lindsay of Ardent, uh, a Boston-based biotech and medical uh, cannabis device company. Go to ardentcannabis.com, look at some of the frequently asked questions. We are going to have a discount code for you guys at the end of the show. Don't go away. We'll be right back
2: Company on the OTC symbol MCIG.
0: Introducing Blue Moon CBD straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body, it's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD.
2: I hope you didn't forget about us, because we're back with Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com.
3: Welcome back to Blunt Business. I'm your host, Sean Eubanks with Strainwise Consulting. We've been talking to Chanel Lindsay of Ardent. Welcome back, Chanel. Hello, Sean. So for our listeners, I do want to say go to ArdentCannabis.com, and you are going to get a phenomenal discount. I can't tell you the amount, but it is incredible. And go and you, the the code word is strain wise. So, okay. So. Should- you were rolling out edibles kits.
1: Yes. So uh, a while back here in Boston, we started doing these activate events and we would invite people to come and um, they would come and they would decarb their material. And then we teach them how to make all kinds of kind of cool edibles um, and really kind of dispensary grade products that they could uh, be proud of. They can know what the dose is and they can, you know, um, share with their family and friends. And one of the really popular ones was was, um, instant truffles. And so we've started teasing those uh, edibles kits, um, those cool edibles out into kits. And so that's something that we're really excited about launching for the holiday season is our edibles kits um, for kind of Thanksgiving and the holidays. And um, really excited to do that um, in addition to the really kind of clinical tools that we have coming out, like the capsules, and we actually have our sublingual wraps. So if people don't know about sublingual use, it's underneath the tongue. So in my opinion, it's really like the best of both worlds. It's the fast acting that you would expect from like inhalation without any of the impact to the you know respiratory system, and so we have the sublingual wrap, same kind of idea as the capsules. It's the wrap everything that will help um, with that absorption from the plant material into your sublingual cavity and really just allows people to have the freedom um, to think about all the different ways that they could use and administer um, cannabis and so we'll also have um, kits coming out if people want to make suppositories or make topicals and one of the other things i'm really excited about and i know i keep going back to the women and this is for women but really is for anybody um our beauty and skincare line. So one thing that has been um, maybe not as important as uh, managing my ovarian cysts, but one thing that really is important is, you know, staying um, as young looking as possible. And uh, I know that is important for a lot of women. And for me, it it definitely is. And one thing I started using a while ago is a toner, Um, a toner that I make from uh, decarbed material um, with witch hazel and alcohol. And it's something that I use to keep my skin clear. It really, um, I think is going to be exciting for folks. And I think that those topicals uh, are a great way for kind of mainstream folks uh, or people that might be a little bit concerned uh, about how cannabis, how they may react with cannabis, because these are topical applications that aren't Going into the bloodstream, and I think if people can start seeing that utility of cannabis in addition to the medical properties, but actually that it just can be so useful in many different ways just um around the house uh, that that they'll be um, really willing to start reconsidering, maybe, yep, and
3: you're the catalyst for that. I mean, you're putting the power back into the people's hands at their mm-hmm. home. you're 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 allowing them to, to decarb and to make this a consumable form quickly. They can add it to coconut oil. They can apply it as a massage oil. They can do uh, different topicals. I mean, all those things that they're, they're you're, you're giving them the means for the utility of this plant. So I congratulate
1: you on that. Thank you. And um, the, the strain, uh, strain specificity also is really important for people. If they have access to other edibles, they may not have access to particular strains that might work for them. And we're really proud of the fact that, um, you know, it allows people to be so personalized in the way that they approach their use. Yep, and not to
3: get too uh, deep into it, but but people change, right? We have an endocannabinoid Mm -hmm. system. So a strain that works for you this year, maybe you're dealing with some things, some depression, some anxiety, different things. But if you have a different medical condition uh, a year from now or two years from now, it may call for a different strain and you provide the means for people to experiment with that and try different things. Obviously, um, daily users will use a sativa during the day and then an indica at night for sleep. Um you mentioned earlier I had a friend I we we had dinner a couple weeks ago in LA and she is taking Xanax now and she's uh she's not a drinker not not into drugs at all um but her doctor prescribed that and I'm thinking oh my gosh if only as a friend I could help you make a recommendation we're still mm-hmm. so new in the industry but I envision her using your Nova to um to start experimenting with a little bit of that and 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 taking the fear away cuz people who don't consume cannabis it's the farthest thing from their mind until they try it or they they can apply it to a replacement of a Xanax or a replacement yep. of alcohol things like that
1: and it's a, it's all about meeting people where they are right because when i go and i show somebody a little capsule that on one side is blue and i tell them hey this is melatonin and valerian, and you're going to mix this on the other side with cannabis, and the way it looks, it looks just like a pill, like they're used to taking. Like There's a lot behind that psychological aspect as well, in addition to providing a tool that's useful, is being able to give people that comfort, and also that data to say, hey, I know exactly what's in here, so I don't have to be as concerned.
3: Wonderful. Well, I want to invite our listeners again to go to that, but you are doing so much in the state uh Massachusetts um tell me you're now you were how did you get picked for the Massachusetts cannabis advisory board
1: yeah. So that story, let's see, probably started about two years ago when we started the campaign. So I was invited by Marijuana Policy Project to be uh, one of the attorneys uh, to write the initiative. And so uh, there were like a group of 16 of us and then it was campaign time. And early on in the campaign, um, you know, I kind of was tapped as a spokesperson to go and talk about, you know, how people shouldn't be as scared of edibles or the fact that, you know, legalization is good for Massachusetts and all of those reasons. and and. For frankly, uh, to start talking about the social justice aspect, too, because there were many people here in in opposition in Massachusetts that were claiming that people weren't still being arrested for cannabis infractions. And so uh, really started to, um, you know, be involved with the campaign there. And thankfully, we won in November. And it was a very tough campaign. Um, but we came out on top. And surprisingly, the legislature decided that they wanted to try to revamp the entire law. And at that point, this was about uh, four months ago, they came and they uh, Proposed something completely different than what we had passed. Not only would it have limited the number of dispensaries, the type of um, environment that w- was here, but it also struck down all of the really important equity pieces—the pieces that it was important to give back to the communities that had been harmed by prohibition and help to fix that, and and to fix some of the the um, disparities that we saw even after legalization, like came to Colorado and out west, and so and. And so starting to hone in on those things, it was really like another wave of activity and activism and really, you know, being on the front steps of the state house, having press conferences and demanding equity. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm so proud to say that our group, um, Equitable Opportunities Now, and all of the other, um, you know, mass can normal, you know, supporting us, we were able to get not only what we had won in the beginning, but more equity and community and small business and uh provisions than we ever could have imagined so that was um it was really a you know proud moment uh for that to happen and then to be called by the treasurer's office and asked um, whether i would be willing to serve um at on the cannabis advisory board which is a 25 member panel that will be you know providing guidance and assistance to the cannabis control commission Um, uh, that was like, you know, an incredible honor and amazing and really excited. I have to give a shout out to Shalene Title, who was my, um, you know, w- was beside me all the way and really um, an incredible leader in this effort as well. And she actually was just named um, to the Cannabis Control Commission in Massachusetts. So, Um, it really, there's a ton that's going to be happening up on the East coast. And we know that everybody's looking towards Massachusetts and Boston, um, what kind of system that we're going to have here. Uh, and we're just really excited to, to, you know, be defending Mm -hmm. cannabis and ensuring that the type of industry that's going to come here is going to be one that's good for the patients, good for small businesses and good for everyone in our community.
3: What do you like about the program in Massachusetts and what would you like to see changed immediately?
1: Um, well, I like everything about it now because we got a, a good system. I would like to see. I want to make sure, though, that everything that we fought for actually comes to fruition. That's the challenge. And people should be aware of this because I know a lot of people listening You know, are involved uh, in their state level and who knows what where they're at. But after you legalize, that's really just the first step. Implementation is huge. And what we saw in, in the medical side of Massachusetts, it was not good implementation. It took f- several years for our dispensaries to get up and running. It took a lot of money and capital to be involved. So a lot of local people were not involved. So we, we fixed all of those things in the new initiative. Now it's time to make sure as we're implementing that, for example, co-ops, there's an awesome opportunity for smaller growers to be involved in Massachusetts and through the co-ops. So we have to make sure that that actually comes to fruition and is, you know, implemented the right way. We have to make sure that, you know, all the different types of processing are allowed. You know, we have to make sure that um, there's not going to be kind of one segment of the industry that's going to have preference over the other. And so there are a lot of different nuances to figure out. And we only have um, several, a couple months to do it because the new applications begin on April 1st. So we only have until March to get all of this solidified. And it is going to be a challenge because although I mentioned that Chalene is on the the commission, of that five-member commission, she is the only person who was a proponent of legalization. So definitely have our work cut out for us, again, advocating uh, during this implementation phase to make sure that the right rules go into place.
3: Well, it's so smart for them to set up an advisory board, and you're on that and yeah. i think you're going to do tremendous work there and I, I applaud your endurance i can tell you this i mean it is it is wonderful just to have one person on the commission who even knows anything yeah. about cannabis it's oh, rare I, um, usually they're trying to pull doctors and different people from from all walks of life and and intelligent smart influencers in the state we get that but man it is just the it is the rule for them to have zero understanding of cannabis outside of sometimes just reefer madness or whatever they heard about in the 70s um, the other thing, Chanel, that, that that I see across the country is these special interest groups. And you're starting to kind of run into that where all of a sudden they'll just pop up and you're like, how did that get written? And you start to do a little bit of research and there it is.
1: Well, absolutely. I learned more about, you know, the politics on the hill than I had ever imagined I would, you know, in these last couple of years. Um, and I see how important it is to be vigilant, but I also see how Much a very small group of very dedicated people can do to move the needle, and um, so especially when those people show that they're kind of dedicated to the community and dedicated to having a, um, to ensuring that the industry is rolled out the right way. And I and I do believe that that's why we were both tapped for these roles because um, you know that was the agenda from the beginning, to make sure that this um, you know that was something good for everybody um all around well,
3: you know, we're out of time. I want to I wanna congratulate you on your success with the De- decarboxylator. I want to thank you so much for everything you're doing for the state of Massachusetts and the industry in general.
1: Thanks so much, Sean. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you and the audience.
3: Yeah, I want to remind our listeners, go to ardentcannabis.com, use the code STRAINWISE and get your discount there. I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Blunt Business. You can download episodes of our program by going to cannabisradio.com, bluntbusinessradio.com, or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week.
0: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.
4: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.